0: Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by AdQuick. Today's podcast guest is AdQuick co-founder Matt O'Connor. AdQuick was founded almost four years ago to automate the buying of out-of-home ads. The company is funded by some heavy hitters, including Reddit co-founder and initialized capital partner Alexis Ohanian. Welcome to the show, Matt.
1: Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Really excited to keep connecting with you from our coffee in Seattle four years ago when AdQuick was just a glimmer in my eye. Can
0: you imagine? But I I digress, but you guys, classic Silicon Valley uh, hack. I remember you put a placeholder ad on Billboard Insider website, gathered some names of people in the business, asked them what are your pain points, developed a product which met those needs, And then going up the growth curve, it's just, to me, it's a exciting and a classic Silicon Valley growth hack.
1: Yeah, it's been exciting. That's kind of the mantra of our entire company is, you know, listen to customers. So especially early on, the the feedback is invaluable and we definitely pride ourselves on listening to all the stakeholders and users of the product across the board from buyers to sellers to analytics companies. Matt, talk about
0: what AdQuick does and how it benefits an out-of-home company.
1: Yes. So AdQuick's mission is to make it easy to buy outdoor advertising. So uh, we focused initially on the buyers, the advertisers, where we wanted to give them better, faster, cheaper, and more attributable experience in the out-of-home space. So by better, that means looking at all inventory options in the market from Transit to highway billboards to more alternative options, wild postings, and and even mobile billboards. Faster means automating a lot of the kind of mundane and frictionful pieces of the process, like design assets, POPs, etc. So we have a lot of workflow automation to make that a lot quicker. Cheaper comes into play when you're looking at 100% of the options instead of you know 10 or 20%. You're obviously going to have more likelihood of finding better priced locations for reaching that same demographic. And then the attributable part is really exciting around dozens of different data integrations, first, second, and third party that allow marketers to understand and quantify what's happening after they've spent their money so that they can continue to use the channel and and scale it multiple times their initial investment.
0: Can you share any data on the number of clients or number of boards in your system or transaction volume?
1: Yes. Yeah, so on the client side, we have hundreds of clients varying from more local businesses all the way up to 20 state national buys. And so that quantity is in the hundreds of different customers from agencies to in-house media buyers to local businesses. On the inventory side, we've grown our integrations from the the larger companies, Lamar Clear Channel out front, all the way down to really local operators with one or two billboards in a market. And so we have millions of different unique locations on the platform.
0: What are some misconceptions out-of-home companies have about AdQuick?
1: Yeah, I think there's a, a few. One is that it's difficult to onboard So most companies think it's a really big decision. And we have built in a lot of reverse compatibility where certainly you can onboard to use our media owner tools. And there's a lot of benefits in doing that. But also you can continue to use your existing systems and still work and see the benefits of new business from the platform. The second piece is that I think some operators are concerned that they'll lose some level of control over pricing or visibility data. And with AdQuick, we put the power in the hands of the media owner. So they will always control which locations they want to propose and at what price. So we don't dictate that. And then I think the third one, because we are a platform is that we're digital billboards only, but in fact, actually 80% of our customers are buying static. And so there's a misconception that because we're a digital platform that we only work with digital, but we're actually agnostic to media type and static versus digital.
0: Seems to fill a huge hole in the market because there are several platforms going after digital. AdQuick does that, but AdQuick is one of the only platforms I know that is also going after static boards.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really, really vital because by only focusing on digital, there's a lot of benefits to that. It's a lot cleaner, and there's a lot of components that make that easier. However, given the breadth of inventory that is static, I think above 90% still, it's really kind of constrains the optimization of any campaign when you're looking at sub 10% of potential locations. So, you know, of course, some brands only prefer digital, but many only want static because they own the location. They don't have to worry about what advertisement is showing right after them. And they can just kind of dominate and, and saturate a market with static and high profile locations.
0: Seems like Cracker Barrel's one of those. They love static boards. That's mm-hmm. what they bread and butter. The big question on everyone's mind is coronavirus and its impact, what impact it's having on automated buying. Can you give us some color of market color on that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a gut punch. You know, advertisers are sitting on the sidelines waiting. I mean, you can't imagine somebody that would launch a new product or a new message or a brand revamp in this climate, and then in particular with out of home, in the immediate time that we're talking here, people aren't out and about, in in fact, quite the opposite, as they should be staying at home, eliminating travel, et cetera. So it's definitely a curveball and a gut punch, but I think there's a lot of opportunity and that the momentum that the medium was seeing prior to this virus is going to be accelerated coming out of it. And we can get into some of those reasons why. But I don't think there's any stopping that trend overall. And in fact, on the other side of this, I think it will accelerate a lot of that.
0: You closed a $6 million equity funding in February. You're probably pretty happy that you closed that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very, very grateful. The timing worked out very well. So we're very thankful for that.
0: Yeah. Matt, what campaigns are you running on your boards right now?
1: So in the moment, actually, just today, we worked with a couple other amazing companies. Rowe, the telehealth company that initially started with ED and hair loss at home, is now expanding to offer COVID testing, at least preliminary screening, Wow! and putting out a, a huge PSA in seven major markets. And so exciting. that was in conjunction. And, and Teamwork, yeah, very exciting. It's definitely one of the really feel-good types of campaigns and, and really bolsters the the speed, the reach that you can get with, with out of home. You know, this was only planned within seventy two hours in a national campaign. And so Wyden Kennedy, Quan Media were all, all awesome teammates and collaborators on getting this live. Wow. Any other interesting campaigns going on? Alexis put out a PSA in Times Square around some of the quantitative stats that staying at home, canceling conferences, et cetera, can have. And those are more timely, relevant to coronavirus. Yes. Prior to that, in in kind of the normal times coming out of the new year, we have customers like Squarespace, Carvana, among a bunch of other kind of in-house digital native brands using out-of-home. And I think... One that's particularly interesting was Carvana, who is a direct consumer next generation way to buy a car. So they had some really great insights into the industry and were using out of home to target second and third tier markets. So they did 40 market buys and they were really leveraging the variability in market pricing and availability that is a unique opportunity in out of home. I think that's one thing that AdQuick really helps marketers find opportunities in markets that aren't necessarily intuitive or aren't their first instinct, where most brands tend to spend in markets they know well or their home, their home markets, which tend to be you know the top five DMAs, when in reality, I think one of the beauties of Out of Home is that there are incredible variations, which creates incredible opportunities in markets throughout the country.
0: Mm -hmm. Matt, I've been telling people to try and be productive, not to pull in their horns, go in a shell, try and be productive, trying to do things. Maybe the phone isn't ringing as much right now, but be productive, use your time productively. Well, it seems like one of the things that you can do if you're an out-of-home company right now is to research and get boarded with an out-of-home buying platform. You never have enough time to do this when the phone's ringing off the hook, and now is a perfect time to do that. Can you talk a little, first of all, about the kinds of -of out-of-home companies AdQuick's looking for to join its platform and what the process is for boarding uh, with
1: AdQuick? Yeah. So the onboarding is really pretty simple. We basically take inventory information from what would be a typical grid with the lat-longs, impressions, descriptions, photos, Mm -hmm. and we digitize that and create a customized portal for any given media owner. So we have about a hundred predominantly regional and local operators, but the software scales to any size company. So they provide that information. They add any of the users that they would like to have access to the platform with varying user permissions. So for instance, some companies have it set up where salespeople have view only access so that they can see immediately what locations are available when. And then there are admin permissions which allow making changes in pricing, booking, holds, etc. Really kind of the charting and inventory management side. So those are the two main steps and it can happen as quickly as 24 to 48 hours. And there's a bunch of other power tools like an on-site widget to allow you to showcase your inventory. There's contracting, invoicing and we have a, a roadmap that the investment that you referred to earlier is going to allow us to accelerate for things like taking on the risk of non-payment to facilitating payment in the first place, so companies are getting paid faster, to automating POPs with drone footage, etc. So a lot of the non-core and repeated functions that are often kind of a stone in the shoe or a pebble in the shoe for media owners, meaning things they aren't that crazy about doing. They're just kind of annoying parts of operating a plant. We try to use software to eliminate those as concerns for the media owners, and they can focus on really selling, driving up utilization, et cetera.
0: Who should an out-of-home company call if they want to talk with AdQuick about adding their boards to the network?
1: So they can either email vendors at adquick.com, or if they want to see a little more, they can go to adquick.com sell. And there's some more information, some photos of the UI user interface and how that looks. And we've made it really pretty simple. So almost anybody can understand how to use it. It's not rocket science. The UI is incredibly modern, clean, and simple. And that's one of the big benefits that a lot of the users are relishing is that, you know, it doesn't take a three-week onboarding period with tons of meetings. Now, we have a team that supports the onboarding and answers all the questions. So we have a support team that's there to help, you know, answer questions, but it isn't a big, onerous process. Like, I think some people have a misconception around that. Mm
0: -hmm. Matt, if you look at the experience of the virus in China and South Korea if that's any guide, we'll be back at work in forty-five days. What should out-of-home companies and advertisers be doing now to prepare for that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, on the out-of-home side, I think getting onboarded to AdQuick is one of the best things they can do. We are, you know, driving a lot of new national businesses business to all types of markets across the country and, and now internationally. So we've done bookings in UK, Ireland and Canada as well. On the advertiser side, I think again on the acceleration piece I referred to earlier, it's going to force the hand of flexible marketers. So, I think the days of, you know, booking and planning campaigns 9 to 12 months out or longer are gone. And with, you know, the exogenous shock of the virus, it really highlights that you know plans made in 2019 for summer of 2020 aren't really gonna be the same as they were so the flexibility is important and having a game plan and a mechanism to be nimble and flexible is vital and so that's one of the things that AdQuick quick on the buying side really helps customers do is you can plan and execute a national campaign in as little as a few days and so that's one thing that i think they need to have their marketing plan laid out and the different options and then be ready to execute on a more short term with a more short term horizon
0: you look at the you're going to do a normal course of business rfp you got to draft an rfp you got to send it out you got to get responses back then you got to ask people to hold open spots while you figure out what you want to do it takes forever to execute and the ability to go online add ad quick and bang Get your message out. We're open for business. We're back in business. We're doing this. That's got to be a huge advantage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you think of the amount of concurrent communication streams that would have to happen. You have to talk with every distinct media owner. Yeah. You have to sign a contract with (laughs) each. You have to pay each. You have to get POPs from each. And then to get a comprehensive and holistic view on the attribution, you know, what is happening after people are seeing you're out of home, that is a incredible undertaking for marketers. And then you, you layer on top of that, that out of home is not usually the core media spend for these advertisers. So all those things create a negative feedback loop where a lot of brands just say, look, I'm not going to wade into that and sacrifice a month of my time or my team's time to do this. And so that's really where AdQuick all began is really making it a lot simpler, faster so that people do more of it. And and I think that's where we come out of this on the other side is that there's no other channel that you can scale a national message within a week. The mm. creative is simpler. The reach is unparalleled. And you know with AdQuick, the execution is now easier than any other channel. So Again, it's it's a really crazy time, but I do think that the industry and in, in AdQuick in, in particular is well positioned to come out the other end and accelerate the trends that were already happening.
0: So it seems like maybe if we are all in a kind of a lockdown, known one's driving 30, 40 days, the way I view it is, we'll be somewhat depressed revenue for, you know, it started a little bit in March, April and May will be low. I think in June, we start to see the recovery, June, July, August, and, and we, we will see a bump as people get back to work and sort of catching up for lost time. We're also going to see political feeding into that. What's your take, Matt, on political and how it may impact the market and also impact what AdQuick's doing?
1: Yeah, it'll be a really intense year on the political front, I think you know, with the, the discord and polarization <laughs> of everything that's going on nationally, that nobody is, as, as opposed to all the advertisers that are on the sidelines now during coronavirus, I think there were certain parties that were on the sidelines in 2016 that will never make that mistake again. So this year, you know, up and down the ballot from national to local, campaigns and and races there's going to be more activity there than there ever has been and so that will be a major push in you know of course Q3 Q4 as we get into the the political season so that will be a big boon mm-hmm. for us and mm-hmm. the industry in general and one of the things with out of home is that unlike most other mass reach channels you can really target the district or the voting block or the state that is relevant to you, rather than doing a TV advertisement to, for instance, the New York City DMA, that you're paying for impressions in in New Jersey and Connecticut for voters that can't even vote on the proposition that you are trying to promote.
0: Targeting is amazing. I, I remember, it's all old news now, but prior to the impeachment, there was a group that was buying billboards where they knew Trump would be driving. All they would do is buy billboards where he would be driving and the billboard would say, impeach Trump. that was that level of micro-targeting. And billboards allow you to micro-target to that level. You, AdQuick has a great widget on its website called, how much does a billboard cost? Explain that and who came up with the idea? It's it's an incredible widget.
1: Yeah, that was after answering the question probably hundreds of times from talking to customers. That was the first question we got. And so as we built the platform and the database, one of our main things, that, again, our main theme here is trying to bring out of home to the masses and advertisers who wouldn't necessarily consider out of home. And so the first question is, how much does it cost? So we wanted to make that a tool that made it easy for anybody to see directionally. You know, we're not giving guaranteed cost On any given location, but when people see the cost, I think they're actually pleasantly surprised, and it's a great way to get companies to lean in and say, Oh, I didn't realize I could dominate the Tulsa market with $50,000. You can't dominate any market with $50,000 in any other medium. And so when we allow customers and, and prospective customers to see just how easy it is, some of the variability in pricing by market, they're a lot more inclined to engage in the channel
0: it's a really cool widget i I think and i'll put a link to it in the show notes you're able to go in and type in a zip code and then am i right the widget must query all your ad quick boards and then say based on this zip code the average digital sign costs this the average bulletin costs that the average transit placement might cost that is that how it works
1: yeah, in a nutshell, it's a search engine for media cost around the country. This is one of many that are on our roadmap that are all in the vein of how do we get more people to consider out-of-home advertising. Some of the other ones that are on our roadmap are lookalike markets. So hmm. if I'm a San Francisco company, I know that this is one of the most expensive – or maybe with the billboard cost calculator, they'll know that San Francisco is one of the higher-priced markets in the country – However, with most companies either starting as a D2C or becoming a D2C customer, there are opportunities throughout the country where their customers are. They may not have thought of you know, Phoenix or Dallas or Las Vegas as a great market for them to acquire customers, but it really is with, with out of home. And so we see a lot of companies who do a small experiment. They'll take 30K and go into New York City And expect to really be able to track and measure the difference. But the share of voice there with 30K is so small. Whereas if you concentrate that in a smaller market, you can get a lot higher share of voice and actually measure the KPIs for your business. And, And that's the other thing that we help do is you can integrate your Google Analytics and AdWords and track conversion rates or set up a pixel and track other actions in your customer lifecycle journey. So, those are some of the things where we're trying to just shed light into what a what opportunities are out there with, with out of home.
0: Matt, you were asked in October, someone asked you, what are the five things you wish you knew before you became a CEO? Can you talk about what you said and how maybe it is relevant to today?
1: Yeah, I said, go bigger than you think you can earlier. The roller coaster is real. Do the harder things first. Remember that you're building something for the long term and don't be a hero now some of those were kind of point in time feedback and maybe a little bit more indexed towards the very early stage you know when we were just a couple people in an apartment and you know a tiny office yeah but i think most of them are still pretty accurate
0: you're a a prophet the roller coaster is real i mean how (laughs) What? yeah
1: no that's (laughs) that's that's as or more relevant now than it ever was
0: and my point if i if i can interject there my point is it's a roller coaster it starts high it goes down and it goes back up (laughs) it there isn't it doesn't go down and go off the rails it will go back up just like this we will have a very strong recovery out of this out of this little little trough that we're going into but keep going Matt.
1: yeah there's another kind of relevant quote that i love i think it was by Greg Lamont, the cyclist, where he said, the pain, something, I'm going to butcher it, but something along the lines of, the pain doesn't subside. You just are going faster when you're experiencing the same amount of pain. And, and what he meant by that is, you know, whether you're an amateur cyclist or a pro, when you're pushing yourself to the limit, it's still as painful for the amateur as it is for, you know, the mm-hmm. later, you know, the more professional person. For the professional person, you're just going a hell of a lot faster as you're feeling that same amount of pain. Yep. So yeah, roller coaster is a great analogy here too. I think the one that I I would add is that, and this is a, a continual thing that we try to focus on is find the bottlenecks between you and the end vision and attack those most aggressively. And that's sort of related to doing the hard things first. Mm-hmm. But It's easy to kind of put resources on the things that are going well, and and a lot of times those overlap, but sometimes the things that are bottlenecking a company from getting to where they want to be, if you focus on the bottlenecks and clear those out, which are the harder things earlier, you're going to be more successful in the longer term. So that's that's one thing that more recently I've tried to focus on.
0: That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Matt. All right. Thanks for having me. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by AdQuick. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider Podcast by visiting BillboardInsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider Podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is BillboardInsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks.